<laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> I'm going to pull this out because we're going to talk about Jesus for a little bit. Is that okay? And I want to get my stool over here because I want to get some of my David Bailey anointing. Y'all know how he's so cool when he get, gets the stool out. But the thing that blesses me the most about having uh, this time before we even hear anything about the Lord is that it's community prayer. We're family. That's what this is. We're living family. We're, we're being the church. We're not going to church. And if I'm with family, the thing that makes me the happiest is when I'm with family, we talk. We tell stories. We laugh. And we chop this word up and have fun with it, but let it hit us, too, at the same time. So that's what I'd like to do with us today. Is that all right? So everybody who knows me knows that I like to tell stories. And I like to talk. And that's what we're going to do a little bit today. And our sermon series is Loaded Questions. But we're not even going to get to the Loaded Question yet. I have a question for you guys today. And feel free to talk back to me or yell at me because I can I can say what you said on the microphone if people didn't hear you. Before I ask this question, if you're sitting with your spouse, I'm just going to give you a heads up. You might want to raise your hand. Okay. Has anybody ever been in love before? If you've been in, if you've been in love, I'm talking about like in love, raise your hand. I'm looking for the spouses, people with it. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about love is, is that when you're like really, really in love with somebody, you kind of do crazy things. Has anybody ever done anything stupid when they were in love? Like, just didn't make rational sense? I want to hear some... What has somebody done crazy in the name of love for somebody? I want to hear it, because I'm going to tell you my story. Anybody got anything? I mean, I've heard of people jumping out of second floor windows just to be with the person that they love. I'm like, this is real stuff, man. People do some irrational things when they're in love. All these people that raise their hand that's been in love, nobody wants to tell their stuff. Yes, Miss Leslie. That's what give Miss Leslie some some applause. I'm usually a planner. I like things organized and I plan ahead. And I think things through. And this man so swept me off my feet. That I married him 43 days after a blind date. Obviously, she was smitten. <laughs> that is anybody else? Has anybody else done anything that's just irrational for the name of love? That's that's a good story, Leslie. Thank you for sharing that. Doesn't make sense to other people. There was this song back in the day that I used to hear. I used to think it was stupid. It was a song by the Proclaimers. Anybody know where I'm going? I didn't even know the name of this group. They may have been a one-hit wonder. And the chorus was, but I would walk 500 miles. You know that song? 
I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. And they said, just to be the man who walked a thousand miles and fell down at your door. I was like, that is stupid. You could have took a cab and spent way more time with your boo than having walked a thousand miles. And I never understood that until I, I fell in love. Right? The stuff that doesn't make sense makes sense. Like, look, if it took me walking a thousand miles for this person to, knew, to know that I love them, I'd have holes in my shoes. Like, I got it, right? But I had to fall in love first to actually get this stuff because it doesn't make sense. We make decisions that aren't rational all the time when we're in love. And so I have my story. Y'all want to hear it? Yeah. All right, here's it goes. So once I was in the military, and um, military guys are stupid. And we used to have this uh, thing that we did called flag football when we played. And it was flag football just so that our commander let us play, but it was really like tackle. So we wore flags, and we just tried to take each other's heads off. And um, I was playing, and before that, I started dating this young lady who's my wife. She's sitting right back there. Her name is Kim. She's so pretty. Look at her smile. And um, so I've been dating her for about three months, right? And this day that I had this football game, we had a date. Now, this was one of the biggest football games because we were like huge rivalry. We were trying to take each other's heads off every chance we got. We, we were just going at it, right? And so this is one specific play. I was on defense. I was an outside linebacker. If you're not in the football, you'll, you'll catch it, right? There was another guy on the other side, and we were going to rush the quarterback from both sides. When he hiked the ball, we came in as hard as we could. We were running, running. We thought we were going to take that quarterback's head off until he stepped in a pocket. That means he took a step forward. I was flying. My partner was flying. And he hit me right in the leg, right here at my knee. I did a flip all the way up in the air. I heard a pop louder than I had ever heard before. And I hit the ground harder than I've ever hit the ground in my life. My ACL, my MCL, and my meniscus totally torn. As I laid on the ground, it was like if my body, if I was laying and my body was facing north and south, my leg was facing west. When this happened, I heard the response from the people all around me. I heard all the gaps. <gasps> my buddies with PTSD started wigging out because it looked like I got hit by a roadside bomb. I was just laying on the ground. Kids were like parents were covering their kids' eyes. It was it was bad. It was so bad. And I was laying on the ground. I just closed my eyes. And when I open my eyes, I see one of my best friends just standing over me. He's like, man, you're messed up. <laughs> For a second, a thought came into my mind. I'm going to get kicked out of the military. They're going to medically discharge me, and I'm not going to have a career. Overwhelmingly, the next thought came in to my mind. Overwhelmingly pushing that thought right out of the ear 
came in this way and came out that way. Oh my gosh, I got a date tonight. Oh my gosh, I have a date tonight and I'm laying on the ground. Like, come on, bro, you with me? You with me? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. That was the overwhelming thought. It didn't make any sense. My whole career could have been on the line. The only thing I could think about was I had a date that night, and this girl I've been dating for three months, I absolutely loved her, and I was not going to be absent from that date. Crazy, right? Stupid. My buddy was like, Krista, call an ambulance. I said, no. Pick me up. (laughs) True story. This is what happened. Look at my wife's face. You I said, pick me up right now. As they picked me up, everybody started to turn their heads again because my legs started swinging. All my ligaments were gone. It was just disgusting. (laughs) And they carried me across the street to my dorm room, up three flights of stairs, and sat me in a chair in my dorm. And the whole way they were telling me I was an idiot. What are you doing? Just call her. Leave a message. I know she's at work. She'll get the message. Just go to the hospital. This is serious, bruh. What's wrong with you? I'm talking to Logan because he's my buddy. What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Look at your leg. I sat in my room for five hours waiting for her to get off work. By the time she got there, my leg was the size of a basketball and my foot the size of like one of those. It was ridiculous. All purple all the way down. It was horrible. It looked like something off of The Walking Dead. I promise. But what? And this was the only thing that was important to me. That when this woman showed up to my door that I was there. Like, look, by that time I told her that I loved her already, but like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't show in my life. Like, all these songs make sense to me because the only thing that mattered to me was that I was going to be with her. And a message wasn't enough on the phone. It wasn't enough. I had to be there. If I went to the hospital, she had to take me. But look, all that mattered is I was with her. I didn't miss her. Nothing else mattered but her. When you find someone that's the object of your affection, nothing else matters. You make crazy decisions out of love. It doesn't make sense to anybody else, but it makes absolute complete sense to you in the moment because nothing else matters. Your life proves Your love for somebody is more than just words, but your life proves it. So we get to our loaded question. John 21, 15. Jesus simply asked Peter, do you love me? I'm going to let that sit for a minute. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And 
And he didn't just ask, do you love me? He asked him in a way that Peter absolutely got what he was talking about. He said, do you love me more than these? See, let me give you the backdrop. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, after Jesus had eaten their Passover meal, after they had taken communion, he had spent time with his disciples. And he talked to them about the the type of death that he would die. And in Mark, the recollection in Mark says, Peter declared, even if they all fall away, I will not. Even if these don't show up, I will. He said, Jesus said, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, Peter, look, you'll disown me. You'll disown me not once, twice, but three times. And Peter said emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. Man, have you ever been with somebody that you absolutely love, but there's a conflict? Right? And you ever been in that conversation when your stomach drops? This was that conversation. Jesus had to deal with this issue with Peter. This was an open conflict. He had to deal with this thing. And now he's talking about like, look, he saw Peter in his worst moment, the moment that he said, I will be there even if nobody is there. I'm going to ride for you, Jesus. He couldn't do it. At the sight of ridicule, he couldn't even suffer. Forget dying. He couldn't even suffer the ridicule of what it meant to be with Jesus. And now, Jesus is bringing back his worst moment. And he's sitting there talking to him and he's dealing with it. He's dealing with this thing. Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? How would you feel in that moment? When you know you didn't show up and Jesus is asking you, do you love me? And let me give it another layer of depth to it. In the Greek, Jesus is asking him, do you love me agape? He uses the word agape. And what what Jesus just displayed by dying on the cross, he said, look, I love, this is what agape looks like. I'm Emmanuel, God with us. I loved you so much that I would suffer the ridicule of men, that I would be stripped, that I would be beaten, that I would die for you. Do you love me in a way that you'd be willing to suffer for me? Peter knows that. And he says, you know, I love you. And the word he uses for love is philia, like a brother, because Jesus sees him. He sees him. This is the powerful part. Jesus then looks at him and says, go feed my sheep. I just want to let everybody know that Jesus sees you today exactly where you are in all of your stuff. And he would have died all over again because he loves you. You are the object of his affection. He didn't ask Peter if you're a disciple. He didn't ask Peter if you believe in me. He didn't ask, he didn't ask any of those things. He said, do you love me? He sees you where you are and right where you are. 
he affirms you. He says, I see you, I affirm you, and I still send you. Man, is that powerful? Has anybody ever felt like, man, I'm not there yet? Look, I'm encouraging you while I encourage me. I'm Peter 90% of the time. I make grand claims like how much I love you, God, what I'll do for you. And then when time comes, I find myself short all the time. Can anybody relate with me? Like, this is real stuff. This is a real relationship. This is a real conflict that we're working through. And this is the thing. A lot of us, when we fail, when we're in our shame, we don't have that hard conversation with Jesus. We run and hide. And what he wants to do is just love you and affirm you. You don't have to be afraid of his wrath. He loves you right where you are. You don't have to do anything to be any place else for him to love you. And he affirms us. And then he said, Peter, again, do you love me, agape? And Jesus says, and Peter says, you know that I love you. He said, go feed my sheep. And the third time, Jesus lowered it. He said, Peter, do you love me? And he used philia. Do you love me like a brother? And Peter was hurt because he knows that Jesus sees him through and through. And he said, you know that I love you. I want to encourage somebody out here today because it's only the love of God that takes us from where we are to where we're going to be. Y'all hear me? It's not what we do. It's the love of God because we're first the object of his affection. But he's letting us know that he wants to be the object of our affection also. That's the place that Jesus wants in our heart. It's his love that takes us from where we are in our stuff to where we're going to be. God is going to complete the work that he started within us. He's faithful even when we're not. I just want to give a side note. When we talk about this agape love, right? If your love for God and the way you live your life looks rational, it's probably not agape. It's probably not. How is my life? That's what I want. I want my life every day. I want the love that I show for God every day to look like what I was willing to do that day for my wife. That's my goal. That's my whole goal in life at this point. And I know, and I relate to Peter, I know that I'm not there yet. But that's what I'm striving for. I think Peter got it in Philippians 3, 8 through 10. He said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For the sake I've lost all things and consider them dung. He's like, look, it's nothing, nothing else matters that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith. Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ 
Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and to participate with him in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. That is my goal today. That's my prayer for all of us today. And I know that all of us get to a point where we get defeated. I don't live this life perfectly at all. If you're on a prayer team, could you take the wall and the band can help you? And as I encourage you today, I just want you to know wherever you are in your faith, whatever you've done, whatever you did that you might think may have disqualified you from being a man of God or woman of God or even participating in the faith, if you're hiding from the Lord, from this conversation, all he wants to do is affirm you. And he wants you to know his love. If somebody could pray with me today and just hold your hands up. Because I know that for us to be able to love God in a way where he's the object of our affection, we need to first receive his love. And to first receive his love, we need to deal with like the fact that he loves us just where we are. He loves us just where you are. You don't have to do anything but just receive his love. Father God, I know that you've seen me in my shameful places. I know you've heard the confessions of my mouth when when I said that I would stand for you and not be moved, yet I crumbled and fell, Lord God. I know you see me in my disappointments, Lord God, when I couldn't even stand on my two feet and I fell so easily in foolishness and sin. Father God, I know that you see me. And I ask that you work in me to want to do the things that please you and be able to do the things that please you. Help me to receive your love today. Because I know that when I receive your love, I can in turn love you in the way that you want to be loved. If you're here today and that's you, I'd love to encourage you to pray with somebody that's on the wall. Sometimes we have things on our heart that we can't even confess yet. We're just not there yet, and that's okay because God still sees you and he's with you. You can talk to him in your heart. You don't have to fear his wrath. And if you just need to kneel before him, their pillows up at the stage. But the Lord is inviting us into a relationship for us to know that we are the object of his affection and he wants to be the object of ours also.